Good morning, Collective Church. Hey, everyone. It was so good last week to see many of your faces over Zoom. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that were still traveling, uh, and today is your first day back with us, welcome to 2021. Uh, we are so excited for this year. Uh, it's such a bummer that we've had to start the year online, but I just wanted to encourage us. This has become a familiar space, and the Lord moved mightily through uh, the online space last year, yeah. and just when we got together again, how sweet it was. Mm-hmm. Hey, those last three, three months of last year where we were meeting in homes, um, just one of the sweetest times in our lives. And yeah. so I just wanted to encourage you, um, stay connected, stay in family. And uh, we're going to have to do Facebook Live um, for the next couple of weeks at least until we get further information from the president. But... As soon as it is allowed, I want to encourage you, before we get start moving back to house church gatherings again, just when it is allowed, get together and watch these uh, Facebook Live times with a, another person or a small family, just so that at the end of that time you can get together and you can pray and um, just, yeah, I, I feel like this year is going to be a further activation. You know, last year we moved from big corporate gathering to smaller home church times. And it was so beautiful just to see how people came alive in those spaces, how people that were maybe before that a little bit quiet were starting to bring words and getting involved and prophesying and just those spaces of worship. And so why don't you take that to the next level as we are watching online together and just gather with somebody else and intentionally at the end of that time, as opposed to just watching in your bed with your coffee, Uh, Meet with someone when it is allowed and um, just pray together. Allow that same sense of the Holy Spirit into your your homes, the way we were having in our home gatherings. Okay, so for this morning, we wanted to, uh, there's two parts. I just want to give an overarching uh, word that I'm feeling for the year. And then Kirsty is going to speak to us this morning about what's next, Papa. Isn't that a wonderful thing to come into the year? What is next yeah. for this beautiful community called The Collective? And so, yeah, my, my word for the year, um, firstly, my personal word for the year is, I felt the Lord said it was going to be a year of surprises. <laughs> um, and the fact that we know he is a good dad, uh, it's a year of good surprises. And already I've stumbled into some of those spaces where I've had these yeah. surprises, right? Mm-hmm. Only, if, you know, what are we, 15 days, 18 days into, um, into the, the year. And there's been wonderful surprises already. And so that is my word. And I think we can share communally in each other's words because what he speaks to one, he speaks to many. And uh, I pray that this will be a year of wonderful surprises over the collective church, Amen. over you individually, over us as a, as a family, yeah. as a community. And, yeah, just to have an expectant heart. And um, so that was my word. And then early Jan, we were in Neisner uh, with Mark and Kathy, um, just in their beautiful space up on um, the Neisner heads, looking down over, um, there's an island there, Leisure Island. And I just love those spaces where you get a semi-bird's eye view of what's happening. It just it feels like a spiritual thing, just being... Um, just being lifted up and looking down over, uh, over life, over humanity almost. And as I was doing that and I was just praying for this year, I felt like the Father really started to speak to me 
personally, but I feel for us as a, as a church as well. You know, I was looking down, and it's this, it's this long sort of stretched out island piece, and on the one side there was this more um, formal looking building, uh, which I interpreted in, as you're speaking to me, as a, as a church. And then as you go to the left, there's homes um, stretching uh, to the left, and there's people walking and running, and, you know, families, and you can just see these little specks of, uh, of humanity as, they, as they're moving about. And I just feel like this is a year where the Lord wants us to work out our salvation into every aspect of what it means to be human. You know, sometimes we can reserve these um, our interaction with him, the blessing, those incredible moments, we reserve them for spiritual moments or what we've deemed to be spiritual moments. When in actual fact, there is no such thing as a spiritual moment and a normal moment. You know, even as we were talking about this, um, Kirsty mentioned, she said, yeah, the ordinary moments. I'm like, no, actually, we shouldn't call them ordinary moments because you almost downplay them then to say that, that this is not as important. Um, but I just realized that the, the Father wants us to work out in all of these everyday moments. Um, that's what it means to be human. He didn't design us to be robots and to only operate in spiritual spaces. And um, so I looked at this, um, this, this, this picture and it was almost like, you know, many times we come to church and we experience him and his goodness and we have incredible times together in these, um, in these corporate moments, or maybe those moments are your quiet time moment, or the moment when you, when you uh, pray for somebody, or whether you get together for a prayer meeting. But, you know, sometimes we can be in social context and we say, well, let, let's pray together. And it's like, oh, it's almost a little bit awkward because we're not quite, that's not the space that we do that kind of a thing, mm -hmm. to suddenly after a dinner party start worshiping together. Uh, so, oh, we're very happy to do that in the spiritual spaces, mm -hmm. in the church moments, in the prayer meetings. But to do that with four of you around the table, just break out and like, let's start worshiping a cappella or praying together. Um, it's becoming more and more familiar. But you hear where I'm coming from. Traditionally, it's been a little bit of a, um, a not the space for that. And um, so as I was contemplating working this through every aspect of our, of our lives, um, I was thinking about um, just our work life, you know, what does it look like for the kingdom of God to be worked out into our work, into our families, into um, our marriages, into every single aspect, what does that look like? And um, I feel like only when that happens is the, the kingdom of God truly going to spread. So actually, to come back, on that picture of Leisure Island, I actually had these pictures of houses of fire houses on fire or then the next picture I had was almost like if it was dark these houses with lights coming on and a light comes on and then another light comes on and another light comes on um, and so these this, these houses of fire as one catches and then another catches and another catches that's the kingdom of God that's revival being poured out and that's only going to happen when um, that is being worked out in our homes, in our workplace, in that space where all of those people were walking around uh, and doing their usual life, their everyday life, when the, the Spirit of God is alive and active in those, in those moments. And so 
The other scripture that, that comes to mind is um, Matthew 13, 33, where it talks about the, the yeast working its way through the whole batch, right? And, um, and then sitting, and then it rises, it works its way. You plant the yeast and the kingdom of heaven, or um, Passion puts it, heaven's kingdom realm, God's kingdom, it works through the entire batch. And mm. I feel like for a long time, uh, we've allowed that batch, that yeast to rise up on that building, on the church front. We've allowed the kingdom of God to work its way through that, that batch of uh, what we've demarcated to our spiritual or church times. But this is the time, if we are going to have those houses of fire, that that yeast is going to work its way through every aspect of our lives. You know, we, we taught to work out our salvation uh, with fear and trembling. It's a working out of our salvation. And you all know by now that, that word sozo, uh, the meaning of that word sozo means to be saved, uh, to be healed, to be delivered, to be made whole. Yeah. And what's amazing about that is it's not only when you look at the context of how sozo is used, I think it's about 105 times through the New Testament, uh, it's worked out in the context of spirituals being saved or preserved even. Um, it's worked out in, in the physical aspect of mm. being delivered um, from, uh, from disease, uh, from demonic oppression. There's, there's instances of it used there. Um, it's a, a, so it's disease. It's of sometimes physical protection. Mm. Like when they cried out in the boat, you know, Lord, we're sinking. There's a storm. Sozo us to save us. It's sozo us. It's meant to be worked out into every aspect of our human life. Not just our one time get saved and we've got our ticket into heaven, right? And so this is now going to be worked through the batch, the, the working out of our salvation in these everyday moments. And even as I've started to more intentionally uh, this year, start to contemplate that after the Lord spoke to me about that. This is a journey. We've been walking in this for a long time, yeah. but this is a it's, a, it's another level. It's another layer of what the Lord is peeling back in Revelation, right? As we move from glory to glory. And as I've contemplated that, it's like, oh, it challenges me, you know, where, what does it look like when heaven comes into our marriage? You know, where, you know, is it okay for you to have a um, a grumpy moment or a fight or whatever with each other and then just leave it at that and that's okay. You know, sometimes if we were in the middle of a church service, we would be a little bit more sensitive to the moment, you know, of like, oh, the, the spirit is moving here and you have a moment and you're like, oh, Lord, sorry. And you, you make right, you're sensitive to him, right? So I want us to use our imaginations and say, Lord, what does it mean for, the, um, for this to be walked out through every aspect of our life? Again, because when our family, when our life heaven into our marriage, um, it brings life and it brings light as opposed to heaviness mm -hmm. that impacts my kids. Mm -hmm. It brings life to our home. It impacts their atmosphere. It impacts how they go to school tomorrow mm -hmm. or today. And how they live out in their, in their worlds, right? It's an overflowing effect when we start to bring heaven into every yeah. single moment of our lives. So use your imaginations what that looks like in every aspect of your life. Um, as if the Father was right there with you. Because He is. Not as if, because He <laughs> is. 
And um, so what does it look like? But it's not about results. And I just wanted to encourage us in that. It's not about results-driven Christianity. Okay, what is the result of this? No, it's not about that. It's about relationship, not results. And so the easy way, the, instead of us getting on this program on how we're going to bring the kingdom to our business places and it's almost getting into a workspace performance thing of how we're going to allow this to come in, you know, because we're being intentional. No, it's about relationship. It's about relationship Jesus yeah. to us and relationship this way. And so we get to just say, Jesus, have your space. What, is it, what do you want to do in my marriage today? What do you want to do in my work today? Mm. When things are looking impossible in a moment or you've, you know, you've been let down or you, we don't have the right just to behave like we want because we've been done in by our, our supplier or a customer or our family member or a friend. We, in those very moments, we bring heaven mm. and Friends, it's a, it's a snowball effect. If we can bring heaven down into the minutest moments, not just the big celebration moments, but into the minute moments, the yeast mm. starts to work through the entire batch. We start to get more attractive. We're not these grumpy, cynical uh, mm. people that are commenting on world politics in such a negative, heavy way. No, we are speakers of life mm. because it's worked out from the smallest part of our heart and it's working its way through the batch not from Sunday alone or our quiet time um, but through every aspect of our families Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and all through the hours of those days Mm -hmm. Um, Lord Lord, friends (laughs) the the Lord is moving the spirit is moving um, and you know just a testimony from this week the Lord spoke to somebody that used to be in the church that's no longer here, that's moved on out of the city and gave them a dream. We're not in contact much um, for a little while, but gave them a dream confirming a decision I had made about our business that day. So I made a decision on, uh, on Tuesday, uh, sorry, Wednesday this week. Um, and that evening, Wednesday evening, this uh, lady was given a dream not having any clue what the meaning of the dream was, but it confirmed a decision that I made at the beginning of, of Wednesday morning. Uh, a decision that uh, was a faith decision, and you know, in years to come I might have said, oh, should I have made a dis- different decision or not? No. The Lord, in His kindness, gave somebody else in a different city a dream for me to put my mind at rest around, around that issue. Isn't that amazing how intimately the father is with us that he can choose out of billions of people he can decide to confirm a business decision through a dream right and so Mm -hmm. i just think that's an example of how the spirit is beginning to say no you're not because our conviction is we don't have to fix everything this year ourselves we respond to what the spirit is saying so we did that in faith and the spirit comes and says thank you for your response Here's the confirmation. So Friends, that's supposed to happen in our, the, where we send our kids to school. Every decision that we're making mm-hmm. this year, he is going to be intricately involved. And from that space, just to finish off, we are going to come on fire. The light is going to come alive in us, mm-hmm. in every aspect of our life. We're going to become on fire. And then our house is going to become on fire. 
And they're going to be these houses of fire. Wildfire. Wildfire as the Holy Spirit moves through, through our community. So I just want to encourage you in that as an overarching thing to think of intently this year is how are you going to allow in relationship the Spirit to work His way through every batch of our lives. So good. Not just the spiritual moments. So good. As you're speaking, Dave, I'm just thinking about that scripture um, that says the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking. It's not about rules or performance. It's about righteousness. And righteousness is relationship, right standing relationship with, with God because of the blood of Jesus that we get to have intimate fellowship with. And then right relationship with our family, our spouse, our community around us. So it's righteousness peace and joy in the realm of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going after. We're going after mm -hmm. seeing the kingdom of God mm, massaged in right and beautiful relationship here and here in love and joy and peace in the realm of the Holy Spirit as he mm. teaches us to live with him. So um, I'm going to launch off now from where Rob has landed. And as he said, um, we've entitled our preach this morning, What's Next, Papa? following God's spirit in 2021. And it's actually a two-part message, and we wanted to break it into two. Today, we're looking at something of an overarching picture for 2021. And then next week, I want to dive into making space for what's next, Papa. So that's next week. And um, I had a whole lot that I wanted to pack into this morning's message. So if I read some of my notes, or if I'm, I'm looking down a lot, just give me grace for that, because there's um, a lot of thoughts that I wanted to share with you this morning. I'm going to start by reading from Romans 8, um, and I'm reading from the Message Translation. And I'm doing that because Eugene Peterson just has such a relational tone, a conversational tone to the way that he unpacks Romans 8. But I would love for you to read it in your ESV or in your Amplified Version and unpack some of the deeper theology of this very powerful passage. Can we just welcome the Hardy Dolls into <laughs> yes. the scene? You're going to get that when we're recording near our garden. Okay, so if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you are experiencing all the limitations of sin, and here Paul is referring to the limitations of this physical aging body and the limitations of the physical world, you yourself, sons and daughters, experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. He'll bring you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, as he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial, that's our old man, and to get on with our new spirit life, our reborn salvation life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Mm. 
This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It is adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with Him, we're going to go through the good times with Him too. What a beautiful unpacking of such a powerful text. Romans 8. And the book of Romans is Paul's articulation of the gospel in a world context that is not very dissimilar from our own world. Um, Jude actually did a horrible history sticker book study over the holidays of the Roman Empire. And I was like, I could not believe that the things unfolding in this horrible history actually took place. On the planet, friends, there is nothing new under the sun. But um, Rome itself was a multicultural melting pot um, much like the big cities of our day, like Johannesburg, a place of trade and travel. Um, it was a period of innovation and development, of learning and sophistication, but it was also a time of terrible terror, brutality, greed, and moral corruption. It was politically unstable with leaders that often abused their position and power. Nothing's really changed in politics. Yeah. And there was this growing, rich, uh, this growing rift between the rich and the poor. And then, of course, the, the accompanying social unrest. And I could go on and on with the comparison. Now, Paul could have addressed any of those real issues from a kingdom perspective. But instead, he writes a letter to the believers in Romans, articulating powerfully the gospel of Jesus. Hmm. What does it mean to be saved and how do we live out our salvation in our everyday? And I was like, God, what are you saying for our world context, for this crazy moment in history that we live in? And he was like, I want you to go back to the powerful message of the gospel of Jesus. So timely. It is so important for us to recognize, friends, that no matter what is happening in the world around us, the gospel message is the main thing. Yeah. It is the long-range plan of God playing out on the earth. The event that split history into before and after into BC and AD took place about 30 years before um, Paul penned the letter to the Romans. And it was this event, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus that really changed the course of history. And that story took place in a very remote corner of the Roman Empire, in a tiny little place called Judea, in a little province called Palestine. Hardly anyone noticed. Of course, the skies told the story of Jesus' birth. Bron pointed out so beautifully last week. The skies tell his story. Heaven declares his glory. Mm. But it was a bunch of lowly shepherds that witnessed the event. And Jesus' life was followed and witnessed by really a motley crew of fishermen and peasants and tax collectors. Certainly no one busy and powerful in Rome witnessed the greatest event in history. And yet, in no time, just a few decades later, that event of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection had far greater impact than the Roman Empire ever would. Mm. And so in all that is happening around us, we want to come back to this simple truth. It is the gospel of Jesus that changes the world. 
This extraordinary plan of God's powerful um, rescue plan for everyone who trusts in him is the main thing, the good news, the power of God that produces his life in people. It is the manifold wisdom of God on display uh, for the world through us, his body, his church. We need to stir up a wonder for that. That is beyond what we can actually comprehend. The gospel story made real through our lives, friend, friends, his body, his church, is the manifold, multi-layered wisdom of God on display. Let's read Ephesians 3, 10 to 11. This is from uh, the Passion Translation. His intent was that now, through the church, through me and Rob and you and our community and the global church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We believe and receive that glorious truth, friends, that we were co-crucified buried and co-resurrected with Jesus. The old man left in the grave, done and buried, and we are reborn by the Spirit into new creations. And the word refers to it as like never seen before creations, sons and daughters of God. And we are included now in this family of God, the fellowship of Father, Son, and Spirit. By the blood of Jesus, we have been included in that fellowship, in that conversation, in that relationship. And the Holy Spirit wants to see the heart of the Father and his kingdom. Like we said, his love, his joy, his peace, as well as his plans for this planet come through our lives through that intimate relationship. As Eugene Peter said said so beautifully in Romans 8, the resurrection life of Christ in you and working through you is so powerful. It's how we get to live. We live life on those terms now. And so we get to wake up every day and say, what's next, Papa? What's on your heart for today? Who's on your heart for today? What does partnership and participation, me enjoying you and you enjoying me, what does that look like today? So our full trust and reliance upon the Lord and his goodness and grace. Friends, it does not lie only in the moment of salvation where we receive that gift, but is in our day-to-day living as sons and daughters. Total um, trust, total reliance on the Holy Spirit and our relationship with him, his goodness, his glory, his grace through our lives, not only in one moment to begin, but through the whole journey of our lives. So what God is doing, his expanding kingdom may not be in the news headlines. Um, In our own strength, we can let the events playing out around us across the globe actually seep into our thoughts and seep into our emotions. And it is certainly true that there is much evil, there's much uncertainty, there's much chaos in the world around us. But the Holy Spirit transforms our vision, okay? It's not that we want to be naive about the reality around us. We don't want to shut our eyes. We don't want to hide away in fear or in self-pity. No. But we also don't want to be intimidated or distracted by it either. You see, God's going to use whatever is playing out in history for our good, 
for the good of his sons and daughters. We need to remember that. The kingdom of God is growing and the Holy Spirit is busy with and through us, bringing salvation, life, hope, and healing to the world around us through the finished work of Jesus. Friends, Jesus needs to be our biggest vision. Mm. Otherwise, we lose our sense of proportion and then we get overwhelmed and we get distracted and we get fatigued. And what happens is that we cannot respond with that adventurous response to the invitation of the Holy Spirit every day. What's next, Papa? And so he needs to be our main vision. Know what's happening. Don't be naive, but don't cower away and get overwhelmed, distracted, Mm -hmm. and fearful. Let Jesus be our main vision so that we can respond. What's next, Holy Spirit? What's next, Papa? Where giving a cup of water to a stranger is of eternal value. Where the little things in our life become of eternal value. And that's exactly what Paul unpacks in the book of Romans. Jesus is the main story. And friends, it's not only the bad things that can be a distraction for us. Um, We can make a lot of good things idols uh, in the place of Jesus too. Things like impact and influence and significance. Um, good causes, moral issues, life on our terms. Those are actually good things, but we can make them the main thing. They are meant to find their beautiful place as an overflow of our relationship with Jesus. But when they become the main thing, they become weird and distorted. Mm. And so we need to bring back our focus to Jesus. He wants our full attention. We have left the self behind, life on our terms, in my own effort, by myself, and instead we respond to the life of the Spirit, to what he's doing. What's next, Papa? We want to give Jesus our full attention. Um, He wants us to delight in him as he delights in us, to be woven into close relationship uh, with him in everything we do, in our heart, in our minds, in our time, in our work. The Holy Spirit will work through the radical devotion of a few to turn the tide of history and to usher in revival for the many. We see this throughout history and through the scriptures. God does not need many. He just uses a few that are completely surrendered in devotion to him. Let's reset our focus on Jesus, friends, on Jesus, not the concept of Jesus, not the theory of Jesus, not the idea of Jesus or the strategy of Jesus to impact the world around us, but the person of Jesus himself. Relationship. There is no shortcut to our relationship with Jesus. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to stir up within us as a community a steep spiritual hunger. And he has given me the scripture, Isaiah 55, for this year. Um, Actually, it came through a dream that a friend had. The the realm of the Holy Spirit is so rich and multi-layered, and we're learning to operate and be led in that realm. But um, Isaiah 55 says this, and I'm going to end on this, friends. Come to the refreshing waters and drink. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come and buy all the wine and milk you desire. It won't cost a thing. Why spend your hard-earned money on something that can't nourish you or work so hard for something that can't satisfy? This Isaiah 55 is a heartfelt cry from the Lord. Come, come and live an abundant life. 
Jesus promised us life and life abundantly. And this is a call. Come and eat of me, of my body, of my drink, of my blood. Come and eat of the word, the gospel in the scriptures and eat of the living word, the person of Jesus himself. Come and drink wine. That is drink the spirit. Be filled and keep on being filled. Of course, the milk refers to the word, the living word of God. In our family, we absolutely love food. We spend a lot of time buying food, preparing food, enjoying food, feasting on food, clearing away after food, and that cycle continues because we prepare good and are quite focused on wholesome, healthy food so that our bodies and our spirits, our emotions are nourished by the physical food itself. We love that. It's a special, special thing in, our, in the Maud family and home. But the Lord wants that to reflect our spiritual hunger. And very often we are not aware of the fact that we are created to have a spiritual hunger. We are created to be nurtured in our spirit by the wine, which is the spirit, and by the word, that is the milk. We are, we are, we are created for longing and desire for the spirit, for Jesus, for the mm. Father, and for the word. And we tend to be able to numb that down, even though we can't actually numb our physical hunger. And the Holy Spirit's like, stir that up, stir up your longing, your passion, your desire for me. And what's interesting, friends, is that he uses the word in Isaiah 55, buy. He says, it's for free. Come and eat, come and drink. It's for free. Come and buy. For me, that's really, really interesting. Why is the word buy used? And for me, it speaks of desire and need. What do we buy? What do we spend our affection, our money, our time, our attention on is what we desire and what we need. That's what we buy. And that's what the Holy Spirit's calling us to. He's like, bring your attention, your time, your heart, your desire, desire and need this spiritual food. And so let's reset. Let's reset our hearts towards Jesus and his fullness in 2021, friends. And so I'm going to end here. What we're going to do on the back of the Holy Spirit, just unpacking uh, this specific scripture for us and something of an understanding of physical, uh, of spiritual hunger, is that Rob and I would like to lead um, us as a community in a fast and prayer this week. We've never done this before. It's a first for us. And it's really a response um, to the work of the Holy Spirit and to what he's speaking to us at the moment in our community. So this Wednesday, the 20th, and, and Thursday, the 21st, we want to set aside time to pray and to fast. Um, and there'll be a different theme for every day. Mm. Fasting's not an easy thing for me. Um, I know some people do water fasts. Uh, that's really tricky for me. I usually do like liquids or something. You can do whatever you want. Like Rob said, this is not performance. This is not trying to twist God's rubber mm. arm so that he will answer our prayers. Uh-uh. This is a moment where we become aware of our physical hunger so that we can say, Holy Spirit, stir up our spiritual hunger. Yeah, that's good. And just take the time mm. to partner with what he's saying and doing and pray into those things. And so day one Wednesday will be a moment to pray for personal revival, for awakening of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. And um, we'll send out a message, a WhatsApp message this week, just outlining the things that we want to pray into that, that day. Five o'clock, we'll have a Zoom prayer meeting where we just get together on Zoom. We share what the Lord's been speaking to us through the day 
and pray together, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm. And then on, on Thursday, we'll pray for a wider context of revival for our community, our city and the nations of the world that the Holy Spirit would be poured out in those contexts. So we're really excited about that. Please join us in whatever form you can. You ask the Holy Spirit, what does that those two days of prayer and fasting look like for you? There are no rules. Just participate. Bring your hearts as the Spirit woos mm. us into depth and closeness with Him for 2021. It's a time to stir up desire. I just love that. Thanks for that word. It's so encouraging. Um, as I said, so timely. And I love the Isaiah 55, what you say there is that um, come and buy uh, milk and wine as much as you desire, mm. is that one translation. And that's what it is. It's we stirring up a desire, not a, uh, a to-do list or anything of um, obligation or, or musts. Mm. This is a time of stirring up desire mm -hmm. in our lives because that is what his heart is all about. He's a very passionate God who loves us so incredibly deeply. So join us this week. I hope that Zoom has not become a swear word in your house. <laughs> It probably has. Let it be resurrected. But, you know, let it be resurrected. <laughs> um, the Lord is using these things, and we it's second best, but we uh, it's still glorious, you know. And so uh, we will be putting out messages on our church um, broadcast uh, group uh, as to what's going to be happening over the next while. And um, and friends, as we finish off now, we've prepared a, a wonderful set um, of of worship. Uh, so enjoy that. Uh, just take a moment now uh, with your family or if you're alone, just with you and the Lord and just worship and just allow him to let the spirit speak to you. Massage some of those things in that we've spoken about at the word for the year, as well as the things that Kirsty has uh, encouraged us with. Don't let it just not penetrate the soil. Allow, meditate, mm -hmm. chew Thank on you. some of these things, whatever has jumped out to you mm -hmm. specifically from this morning. Uh, as you worship now, as you take a time with you and the Father, just allow Him to soak that into you and that that would sprout into fruit in your life, uh, whatever is applicable to you that jumped out this morning. We love you so much and we are looking forward to seeing you uh, face to face in the next while, uh, but stay encouraged and have a beautiful week. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs>